You are listening to a message from Vida City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at vidacch.org. And now with you, today's message. I'm in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 uh, on down. It's a story that I'm sure you have heard, read many times, uh, but I pray that today um, you'll get something new out of it. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 on down. And it says, Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. I would like to speak for a few moments using as a subject, sometimes you, should, you just have to shout a little louder. Turn to somebody and tell them, you know what? Sometimes you just got to shout a little louder. Many of you know what I'm talking about because you say things at home and what? And you have to shout a little louder. Huh? Call your kids and it's like they don't hear and you have to shout a little louder. Well, I believe that to get what we want to get from God, sometimes we have to shout a little louder. In the text that's before us, Jesus asks this man a crazy blank check question. And asks him, what do you want me to do for you? I believe that today Jesus is asking us the same question. It's a new year. It's a new decade. What is it that you want me to do for you? What would you respond to that? If God were to give you that blank check, what would you respond to? If Jesus was to sign his signature on that blank check, what would you feel, feel on top of what you would desire? Some would probably write, give me a new house. Others would probably say, give me a new car this year. Others would probably say, give me a better job or give me uh, a job that pays more money. But what I like about Bartimaeus is that... Uh, he says, I don't want, listen closely, I don't, I don't want anything that makes me feel better. I want something that's going to change my situation. And a lot of times we 
just want to feel better. But we have nothing in mind of God changing our situation. Jesus, uh, I think, says, what do you want? What do you want me to do that will change your situation? Because you could come to church and feel better. You could uh, come and somebody can greet you and you feel better. You could come and be part of the worship and you feel better. You could come and hear the message and you could feel better. But your condition continues to be the same. You come in and you walk out in the same condition. Bartimaeus is saying, I'm, I don't want just to feel better anymore. I need something that's going to change my life, something that's going to change my condition, something that's going to totally transform me. And, and, and when Jesus asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do? Bartimaeus says, all I want is for you to give me my eyesight back. All I want is for you to give me my vision. I want to see again. And the eyesight, I believe, is one of the most complex out of the five uh, senses that we have because I believe it's probably the most valuable out of all the five senses. I think that if I had an option, I pray I never have that option, but I think I would want to keep my sight. If I had to lose the hearing, if I had to lose my speech, I think I would say, look, just let me continue to have my sight because your eyes perceive about 75% of what's all around you. Your eyes are the receptive organs of your sight. Sight is the sense that allows you to perceive a form. It allows you to perceive the distance. It allows you to perceive a, a, a position it allows you to perceive the size, if it's big or if it's small. It, it allows you also to perceive the color of the objects or of everything that's, that's around you. And I pray that in 2020, God will restore not just our sight, but he will restore our vision. And I think we need to ask God to give us fresh vision again. You see, the difference between sight and vision is that you can have sight and not have vision. You can only see what's there. You only see what's the present. Vision takes you to the future. Vision lets you see what's not there yet. That's why I can close my eyes and I won't see a building over there with, because my eyes are closed. But with vision, even though my eyes are closed, I see a future sanctuary over there. And we need to ask God to give us back our vision so that we can see our marriage healthy again. So that we could see our family intact again. We need vision for our children and believe that God is going to make a change in their lives. And God is going to bring order in their lives. We need to ask God to give us vision for our business and for our job and believe that God is going to excel it. We're going to uh, ask God to give us vision for our church to see it the way God wants to see it and not the way we have always seen it. 
our site right now will show us many, many empty chairs as we're starting with uh, Vida City in this new decade. But my vision, I can close my eyes and I can see that there's your family coming to church, that it's your relatives coming to church, that it's your friends coming to church. I don't see this place empty. I see this place full because that's what vision does. Here's a guy that has been without sight and he is a man in our text that is on the roadside begging. Every day he goes out expecting for someone to throw something in his cup. Every day he goes out with an empty cup believing that somebody is going to throw some coins in his cup. The problem with this is that while his cup is getting full, listen, they are doing absolutely nothing to change his condition. And every day he goes out with his cup, listen to what I'm going to tell you, and the reason why many can't obtain their miracle, the reason why many can't obtain their response to their prayer, uh, uh, they can't seem to find their solution to their problem is because they want for people to continue filling the cup. There's a saying is that if I give you fish, I'll feed you for a day. But if I teach you to fish, I'll feed you for a lifetime. And too many are just wanting them to just give me the fish for the day. Too many are wanting just to hold the cup out and say, hey, I, I, I just want you to give me for today. I, I just want you to give me for, for the moment. I, I just want you to give me for the, 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 the stage that I'm in at this moment and at this time. Listen, I, I, I want you to know that we need something more than just to feel good. And we need something more that will just help me for a day. We need something that's going to change us and change the trajectory of our lives and the trajectory of our destiny. We need something that's really going to do a transformation. In, in, in our lives. We, we, we've got to get rid of the cup and, and understand that you can have a full cup, but your condition can still be a mess. You, you have money, but, but, but you're depressed. You, you have a house, but sadly, you don't have a home. You have a, a, a nice car, but, but you, your, your, your character stinks. You, you, you have a spouse, but you're, you're flirting with somebody else. You've got a cup that, that's kind of full, but your condition is still, your condition is still a mess. And that's what was happening with this, this individual. Listen to me closely. That Today, we've got to learn to get rid of the cup, and we've got to make decisions that will cause us to have an eternal change in our lives. We can't keep living in the situation that we're in, just a feel-good moment, and still wake up every day in the calamity that we find ourselves in. The problem that we have when you depend on the cup is that you become codependent on people to be able to have a good day. Because if my cup is full, I got a great day. But if my cup only has a few coins, then I'm not having a great day. And I'm allowing the people to determine if I advance and I progress or not. Hello. Because I'm codependent on what, that, that's why you have people, I, I, I know not here, but in the morning service and then the afternoon service that we have after this, you have people that are always calling 
Hey, you didn't call me today. Hey, how come you didn't text me today? Hey, how come you, hey, how come you didn't call to pray for me today? And they're, or if you don't call them, they're always calling you because all they want is just something in the cup. They don't really want a change in their lives. They know how to pray. They've been in church long enough. They know the word of God and that they have one, many Bibles in their house because they've been saved long enough. But that's not what they want. They just want a little tingling in the cup that makes me feel good when you have the word and you have prayer and if you have a relationship with God, he's going to make you more than feel good. He's going to change your life. He's going to change your situation. He's going to change the areas in your life that are affecting you. And that was the problem with this guy. This guy's day was dependent on what was in the cup or what wasn't in the cup. He allowed people to, to manipulate that. And when you depend on that cup, with that cup, you give authority, listen, to people to manipulate your life. Not only that, Luke 10, 46 says, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. Um, it's interesting that every time you talk about Bartimaeus, he's not just Bartimaeus. He is blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus. Interesting that people will define you by your problem and not by what God sees you and what God knows that he's going to do in your life. And they nickname you. And some of you are going to have to learn to ignore and live life ignoring the nicknames that they put upon you. Oh, you're just a stubborn brat. Oh, you're just so stupid. Oh, you're no good for nothing. Oh, you, you know what? You're just a dope addict. You know what? You just, and you're going to have to ignore that and understand that God has a different definition and God has a different identity and God sees you totally different. And here's blind Bartimaeus. I've never heard a, a preaching where they said, and Bartimaeus, no, and blind Bartimaeus. It's always being defined by his deficiencies. Listen, the reason people give you some of those nicknames, one is because they want to make you feel less and they want to feel superior. Number two, they name you that because they want you to live within those parameters of what they named you and called you. You're blind, Bartimaeus, so, so live within that confinement of, of blindness. And that's why he was on the roadside because that's where they would sit and they would leave people on the roadside. And so if you give them authority by depending on the cup, on what they give you or they don't, then you also give them the authority to place you wherever they want to place you. Because the Bible goes on to say that not only was he's blind Bartimaeus, but he's sitting beside the roadside. He's sitting beside the roadside. He is blind, and because he's blind, they would not allow the people, blind people, lame people, there were certain people that they would not allow to enter into the city. They would only allow them to be on the outskirts of the city. And so when you are being marginalized by people, you give them the authority to place you where they want to place you. 
You give them the authority to put you where they want to put you. And because he was dependent on the people and of that cup, he also gave them the authority to keep him on the outskirts of the city. And the thing is that, that because he was in the outskirts of the city, he didn't have the right, the opportunity of the blessings that were inside the city. And I dare to say that today there are some here today that are living on the outskirts of life. You, you almost arrived to what you wanted, uh, uh, but, but you stayed on the outskirts of that. You, you almost had the job that, that you wanted, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, somebody got that position. You, were, you and him or you and her were the, the only ones left in the interview, and you almost, but you were left on the outskirts. And uh, others, you almost had that promotion, but then they came and told you, we gave it to somebody else, and you stayed at the outskirts. You almost got that contract that you thought would change everything, but you stayed at the outskirts because somebody outbidded you. You almost had that relationship that you wanted with that individual, but, but somebody beat him or beat her, and you were left in the outskirts of that relationship. You, you almost had that house, but somebody outbid you, and you were left in the outskirts of buying that house. And I believe too many people have been living in the outskirts of their blessing, have been living in the outskirts of their miracle, have been living in the outskirts of what God has for them because they, they, they are so close, but they are still in the outskirts because you let others determine how close you can get to Jesus. You remember what we read in the scripture. It's not inside the city where Bartimaeus has an encounter with Christ because he's not allowed to come in. And what I like about the story is that even when people don't allow you to come in, thank God that God comes out to meet you where you are and give you that opportunity to change and transform your situation. So maybe today you're in the outskirts. You're so close to it, but you were left in the outskirts. I want to believe that today you're not going to live in the outskirts anymore. I want to declare over your life that today, this is the last day, this is the last month that you are going to be living in the outskirts of your blessings. God is going to do something and and have an encounter with you, even if he has to come out to meet you. It's a new season. It's a new year. It's a new decade. And God is definitely going to want to change your life for the best to start this new year. The Bible says in Mark 10, 47, but when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. I want you to underscore two words there. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. It's interesting that the enemy will always want us to focus on what we don't have. So that we don't make use, listen closely, of what we do have that can bring to us the miracle that we need. Let, 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 me, let me say that again. 
the enemy will always try to make you focus on what you don't have so that you don't make use of what you still have to be able to bring the miracle that you need. Bartimaeus is blind. He doesn't have his eyesight. And the enemy would want him to focus. You're blind. You can't see. You don't know where you're going to go. You, you, but he understands I still have two other senses that are working for me. I, I, I can hear and, and I also can, can talk. And, and so I can speak. And so one of the things that you've got to learn is that you've got to learn to make use of what you do have because what you do have is enough to bring to you what you don't have. I wish somebody could, 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 could help me out here. That if you make use of what you do have, uh, what you do have is more than enough to get you what you don't have. And the Bible says that when he heard, uh, he began to shout. When he heard, he began to shout. You have in your life resources that God has given you that are more than able to bring to you what you need. Even though his eyes were not working and he had no sight, he, was, he, he uses what he still has. He uses his hearing and he uses his mouth. And sometimes you're going to have to just forget for a moment what you don't have and take a hold of what you do have and use that to bring forth the miracle that you need from God. He couldn't see, but he heard that Jesus was nearby. He couldn't see, but he had a mouth that he could use so that he could go ahead and get God's attention. You've got to learn to use what you've got. It's your mouth. It's your, your, your hearing. And begin to hear the word of God that God is saying, I've got a miracle for your life, but can you shout just a little bit louder because you're going to have some resistance. Before your miracle comes, before your miracle comes, tell the person next to you, you got what you need to get what you want. Come on, tell them, you got what you need to get what you want. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes we give Satan a little bit more credit than what we should. Because if he really, really wanted to to do something, he should have taken Bartimaeus' voice away. He should have taken his, his voice away. Can you imagine shouting in sign language? Like two friends that were walking, one of them couldn't speak. He was, he was deaf. Mute. And as they're walking, he didn't see the hole, and so the guy is talking. All of a sudden, the, blind, the, the deaf guy falls into the pit, and, and, and the guy is just walking by himself, talking to himself, and just saying, hey, you know, thinking. And so, remember, he's deaf. He's not deaf. Uh, he's not hard of hearing. He, he's mute. He's mute. He's mute. He's not hard of hearing. So let's just call him John. John, where are you? John, where are you? And after about 30 minutes, the guy's walking around. Well, we were walking around here, and then he sees John down there. And John, he says, hey, wh wh where were you? 
John from down there says, I fell in the pit. He said, but I was, I was calling you. And John down there says, I, I could hear you, and I was, I was shouting back. It's, y'all are thinking on the Texans games about to start, so y'all, y'all missed that one. What I'm saying is, if Satan wanted to really jam Bartimaeus up, he should have taken away his voice. But he took away his eyesight, and Bartimaeus, when he heard that Jesus was nearby, he opened out his mouth, and he started to cry out, Try out to God. You need to learn to open your mouth and begin to declare. You need to let the devil know right now that you have one of the one of the mightiest weapons in your mouth. And, and you need to just give God, could you give God just a 10-second praise right now and let the enemy know I, I've got I've got a weapon. It's called my mouth, and, and I can open my mouth, and that's all I need to get everything back because when you open your mouth, you're going to get back your sanity. You're going to get back your joy. You're going to get back your marriage. You're going to get back your children. You're going to get back your health. When you open your mouth and align it up with the Word of God, God will come and turn your situation around. It says he started to shout. Now, in reality, He's exercising faith because the Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight. We live by faith and not by sight. So you've got to have the nerve to ask God for that which you can't even see. You've got to ask God to, to save your family. Ask God to save your spouse. Ask God to save your children. Ask God to heal your body. I know you can't see it right now that way, but faith sees it. Like I said, sometimes you got to use your vision to overcome your sight. I know that if you look at yourself right now, your body's in pain. But my vision and my mouth can line up with God's will, and I see myself healed. I see my marriage restored. I see my children serving God. I see my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law working it out. I see it. We've got to learn to trust God and believe God. Psalms 116 verse 10 says, I believed, therefore I spoke. There is power in the words that you speak. And David is saying, the way I believe, that's the way I speak. Some of you are going to have to change your way of speaking because all you believe is the negative. All you believe is doomsday. All you believe that nothing is going to work out. All you believe that there's no way. All you believe is that, and you speak that way. There's no way. It can happen. That's crazy. That is totally absurd. But you've got to learn to to speak what you believe. And if you believe that God can heal you, I believe that by the stripes of Jesus, I, for how I believe, that's how I spoke, David said. How are you speaking? There is the power of life and death in your mouth. He began to shout, began to shout to the Lord. I'm in verse 47. When Barnabas heard, that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Son, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Sometimes you have to call things not the way others call it. How did he know he was Jesus from Nazareth? Some people 
told them probably. Some people had the concept that nothing good could come out of Nazareth. So their relationship with Christ probably was in doubt as well. And Hey, who's all that commotion? Bartimaeus is saying, who, who's all that commotion about? Of who? Oh, it's just Jesus of Nazareth. But he had heard that he was more than just Jesus of Nazareth. He had heard that he was the son of God. He had heard that others had been healed. He had heard that other blind people had been touched by the master's hand. He had heard that the woman of the issue of blood all of a sudden just touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole. He had heard that there was leper people with leprosy and Jesus came and touched them and they were totally. He had heard that he was more than just Jesus of Nazareth. He understood this is not just Jesus of Nazareth. This is Jesus, the son of David. This is Jesus that was spoken about the prophets and sometimes you're going to have to call things not the way other people call it. You're going to have to call things the way God calls them. You're going to have to call the things the way you understand that God calls it and not be succumbed by what other people say. And he begins to cry out, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. You've got to understand that the reason why uh, uh, many of us can't, can't get what we want is because we're too busy calling it what everybody else calls it. You call him a drunk. They call him a drunk. You need to call him saved. They call him a drug addict. You need to call him delivered. They called him a lost cause. You call it hope in action. They call it a disease. You say it's a healing in my body. Call it the way you believe because David said, as I believed, that's how I spoke. I'm still in Mark 10, 48. People came and they said, be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. To be able to have a response to your problem, to be able to have a miracle in your life, you've got to understand that there is going to be resistance. There's going to be resistance. Resistance will always come when you're trying to pursue your miracle. Maybe the good news is that if you feel that there's resistance, you're that much closer to your miracle. Resistance is not the evidence that there is a lack of faith. Resistance is not the evidence that, oh, because you don't believe enough. Resistance is the evidence, like I said, that you're closer to your miracle than you've ever been before. It's not because you don't believe. It's not because you don't have faith. You will always have resistance. The enemy will always, always want to resist. The, the, the interesting is uh, uh, the story is that nobody bothered Bartimaeus in any other day but this one. They didn't bother him last week. They didn't bother him yesterday. They bothered him today. I said they bothered him today. Why? It's interesting. Some of you could say, Pastor, if you knew what it cost me to get to church today. 
I could tell you the resistance, and I can tell you the battle. I could tell you the big fight we had in the car. I can tell you of the argument that I had with my son, with my teenage daughter. I, I could tell you. I, I could. There is resistance, but what uh, it could have happened. We talked about this all last month. We talked about this all last week. We dealt with this issue yesterday, and everything was cool. Everything was dandy, but today, now they're calling me. Today, they want to deal with this. Today, now they want a confrontation. Today, why today? Who knows? knows that if today is the day that God wants to turn things around in your life, who knows that today is the day that God wants to have a confrontation with you to change the situation that's going on in your life. Out of all the days today, they never bothered Bartimaeus. But today that Christ is nearby, today that there's an opportunity for his life to change, today that he has an opportunity to get rid of the cup that only makes him feel good but doesn't change his condition, today when his life can be totally turned around, oh, today, shut up, don't praise, don't say anything, be quiet. That's why when resistance comes, you just got to shout a little bit louder. You see, they don't have a problem putting resistance on blind Bartimaeus because they can see. When you have options, you don't understand what desperation is. Hello. You can see. You're okay. I'm the one that can't see. I'm the one that needs a miracle. When you have options, you don't know what it is to be desperate. And Bartimaeus is yelling out and crying to God because he's desperate. I've run out of options. I'm sitting here on the curbside. Everything that you've given me in this, in this cup hasn't been enough for any doctor to fix my eyesight. Hello, somebody. And so you don't know what it is not to have. You got your, your, your eyesight. You can see where you're going. You can see the beauty of God's creation. You can see the colors that people are wearing. I don't have that luxury. I don't have that healing in my eyes. And so I have a, a, a something different than what you have. Because you have options, I don't. And because I don't have options, the only thing I have is desperation. I'm desperate for a miracle of God. I'm desperate. I'm desperate for God to do something. I'm desperate for God to turn the situation around. And some of you need to show up today and say, I'm out of options. I need God to intervene. I need God to make a change. I need God to do the miracle. I need God to come and step into this situation. I have no more options. He was desperate. They weren't sitting in the situation that, that, that he was. Are you listening? And sometimes we could become so unsensitive to the needs of the people because they have no options. We do. You see, and sometimes you, you're not going to feel them. You've heard that word, oh, I feel you, I feel you. Yeah, you don't feel nothing. At least your marriage is together. Have you ever been divorced? No, you don't feel nothing. Don't tell me you feel me. Hello? Hello? Has your son been in jail? No. Don't say you feel me. My son's in prison. You see what I'm saying? Now, I don't have any son. I don't got two. They're both. You know, one of them's married. I don't know if that's prison. I know. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. 
The other one still lives at home. I don't know, that's prison. <laughs> Trying to get myself out, right? Hello. And sometimes when, when you don't, when you haven't been where they've been, when you're not in their shoes, sometimes we don't show mercy. Oh, it's easy for you to tell me to shut up. It's easy for you to tell me to be quiet. You're not in the position, you're not in the desperate mode that I'm in. Have you had cancer in your body? Well, no. Then don't tell me you feel me. Hello? Have you ever had chemotherapy gone through you? No. Then don't tell me that you feel me. Have they given you so many months to live? Well, no. Then don't tell me that you feel me. I'm desperate. I need a miracle. Don't tell me to be quiet. Don't, I need a miracle. I, I don't even need for you to, to, to go ahead and massage my hand or my shoulder. I need an encounter with God in this situation because I need a miracle in my life. And some of you have to get into that desperate mode and said, I need God to intervene. If you're not going to be with me, then get out of my way because I need an encounter with God. I'm desperate. Telling him to be quiet. Mark chapter 10, verse 48. But he not only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Your resistance is going to cause you to have to shout louder. If I'm this close to my miracle, if I'm this close to my breakthrough, I just want to thank you for the resistance because your resistance gave me the key to let you know that you're not going to have a hold on me anymore. I'm not going to depend on the cup anymore. I'll just holler a little louder than I ever hollered before, but I'm going to get his attention. And I want to believe that you're here this morning because you got his attention. I, I, I want to close, close with this. He, he hollered the louder. He hollered the louder. You need to holler louder today. For that situation. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's an unsaved spouse, whether it's an unsaved children, whether it's a sick body that you have, I would like to encourage you could you shout a little louder? Maybe it's the lack of finances. Maybe if you just shout a little louder. Can you imagine how loud he must have shouted? The Bible says that when he, Jesus left Jericho, a crowd followed him. A crowd followed him. It wasn't one or two people. It was a crowd. Can you imagine everybody talking in that crowd how loud did Bartimaeus have to shout to outdo that crowd?
that Jesus heard of. I don't know what's crowding your life. It may be bills that are piling up. It may be a problem that you're having at home. It may be a situation in your marriage. It may be a situation with your kid. I don't know. It may be finances. I, I have no idea. I, you know, I, I, I know I'm speaking to somebody, but if I knew who that somebody was, I would have left everybody else go already. But because I don't know who it is, y'all, I'm just throwing it out there, but it's for somebody. And whatever you've been overwhelmed with, you feel like, you're not being heard. You just need to shout a little louder. And if you can shout a little louder, that little extra effort will get, grab God's attention. And not only, you know, you have those resistors, but I want to be that group that came and told Bartimaeus, said, cheer up. Get up, man. He's calling you. I want to be one of those for your life. To let you know, hey, I know you've got a lot of resistance from a lot of things at your job, at home, your in-laws, whatever it is. I know, I know you have a lot of resistance, but I, I'm not here to add to the resistance. I'm here to tell you, hey, you made it today. Cheer up. Get up. He's calling you, and he's calling you for a miracle. He's calling you. He met you. You came out of your house, and he came out of his throne to meet you today to ask you, what do you want me to do for you. 